Hello and good morning, everyone. Only positivity here. I have my coffee with me. Ready to kick off podcast number 68 on this playlist that I'm looking to launch called Elevated Thoughts. Now, before diving into the book and everything like that for today, let's go ahead and start with a level set. Now, as I endeavor upon pursuing knowledge and life experience in this next phase of life through fitness, photography, cannabis, travel, photography, did I say that already? Many more things. One habit that I've really formed is reading. So this podcast essentially goes through some of the books I've been reading as of late, taking those lessons learned and applying them to experiences in my life. So um, before we dive into the book, the new book for today, let's go and start with a, with a story. <clears throat> so this past weekend, I just got back from Seattle and it's my second time going to Seattle and I, I loved it. I love Seattle. Um, it, we had There was a little bit of a heat wave over there, which is perfect, right? And for anyone going to Seattle, I'd recommend you go in the last couple weeks of June. Um, seems to be the best time to go. Um, I don't mind hot weather. Uh, we get that often here in, in Chicago, so I'm okay with it. And there's always a breeze coming through. Anywho, um, so we're walking around, we're doing our thing in Seattle, and, you know, they do have a homeless, I wouldn't, it might be a problem, but, you know, there's home, a lot of homeless people in, um, Seattle. Now, as you know, like, some of them are a little bit more out there, uh, than the others, and I, as long as I'm not in danger, I, I'm totally fine with a, with the interaction with a homeless person, right? No worries. So, we're going to get some coffee this one day, and there's this, there's this, um, homeless guy with his shirt off, full beard, long hair, just in in front of the door, right? And I'm like, all right, we got to get around this guy. So um, the reason I wasn't just like, excuse me, is because he was yelling aggressive things and we could hear him from down the street. And as we got closer, I could make out what he was saying, right? And what he's saying is like, he's yelling to someone across the street who's not there, right? He's not actually yelling at another person um, who's yelling back at him. He's just kind of yelling um, what, what it seems to me as a person across the street, um, so in any case, um, we, we, we start approaching the door and he's like, I'm going to burn your kids. I'm going to eat your kids. I'm going to fucking kill your family. And I'm just like, dude, like, why you gotta hit me with all this right now, man? I'm just trying to get me a freaking oat milk and lavender latte with a little sugar in it, dude. Fucking let me have my drink, dude. And he's just all up in my face. Like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to, and he, I'm just like, dude like relax and he's not getting too super close to me but it's just like slightly uncomfortable and out of nowhere right i i'm kind of i i don't know i'm kind of gearing up for like an interaction with this guy or maybe an altercation or like hey please move sir and he i'm just not i'm just being silent i'm hoping he does his thing so he's just yelling right berating me and then out of nowhere he just kind of like runs off and i'm just like all right, well, you know, I hope he's okay. I'm not sure exactly what happened to him. And, you know, that always brings up to me, it's like, what, what are, what are they on? You know, because I, I never get like that when I'm, when I'm fucked up, right? When I'm drinking, or, you know, I'm consuming cannabis, or if I'm doing them both at the same time, I never get that weird, you know? You know, the, the worst thing that's ever happened to me is I just fall asleep, I feel like, you know, or maybe feel a little queasy, a little nauseous. But what do I know, right? I, apparently, like, there's a something out there that'll get you get you to that level, um, but I'm definitely not trying to fuck with it. So you know, all good there. Um, no judgment. Hope the dude's okay. Hope he you know finds his way. Doesn't kill anyone's family. Like all good. Um, so in any case, we'll hop off that um, little jovial story I had for you guys uh, this afternoon, um, and we'll go to um, the book for today. Right. So um, a new book for today. Right. We hop off um, our last book, 
which I believe was the, were those Roberto Bolaño books, right? Oh, Roberto Bolaño book, um, which was which was great, right? Again, highly recommend it. Two six 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 Roberto Bolaño. So today we are going to start with um, Robin Sharma's The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Now these are these are these types of books are interesting, but they're very useful, right? Like the 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 Power of Now that Viktor Frankl wrote. Um, uh, the Four Agreements, uh, The Alchemist, uh, this book, you know, they're, they're a little cheesy in nature, right? But um, it's a great way to just lay out lessons um, in a very explicit manner and a very direct manner, right? There's not too much reading between the lines that you have to do, which is okay in some sense, right? When you're learning lessons, you want it to be apparent, in my opinion. So in any case, I'm going to go through this like chapter by chapter, maybe like part by part. Um, and there's probably like three or four on the on this book particularly. Um, but I highly encourage anyone to read it, especially those working corporate jobs, um, because this book directly applies. Um, and if you have been in the corporate world a long time, you definitely know someone um, who is some form of the, the main character in this book. So we'll just go ahead and jump straight into it. So... Um, the, the first part of the book is called The Wake-Up Call. Now, it starts with this dramatic scene of a guy who collapses right in the middle of a courtroom, right? He's this well-known lawyer. Um, he's known for his, his fancy material items, right? He's got Ferraris, Italian suits, whatever, what have you, right? Just a bougie dude. His name is Julian, right? Um, so the book, the book does a great job of... Um, of bringing it uh, back to real life, right? Um, anyone who's in corporate America, we know like a big shot executive, a vice president, a chief officer, um, who is the prime example of what corporate life can do to your physical, but also, also your mental health, right? Um, the author begins now after that to do a little backstory on Julian um, from the perspective of one of his mentees, right? So the mentee, I believe his name is John, he is the one who is narrating the entire story. So now, long story short, Julian is this corporate tycoon who is fully engaged in that upbeat corporate corporate lifestyle of like a of a high demand lawyer, right? Now, Julian wasn't a terrible guy from what the book described, right? He was there for his friends, and he was obsessed with his work. Um, he would always justify things by saying it's for the good of the firm. Now, I know personally, right, I know a lot of people like this, people who will work late into the night, get up early, sacrifice time with family, all for the good of the firm. Now, you know, I don't want to sound, you know, um, like an idiot. Or I don't want to sound ignorant, right? I know a lot of doctors who, who are like this, right? They just they love their job with this, with this lust, with this youthfulness about them, right? They get up every day just thinking, eating, breathing, sleeping medicine, right? And that's different from like a corporate job like the one I work, right? Where you have people who want to work um, lengthy hours or be gunners, right? Just so they can get some recognition, so they can look good in front of someone. And that is a type of, um, uh, of gunning. That is a type of work that I think is wrong, right? I think it's, I think it's unhealthy. Um, I, my, my previous boss would be sending emails 1, 2 a.m. She would crack open a bottle of wine and be like, I want to send emails tonight, which is, which is also kind of fucked up because what if I was like, yo, I'm going to smoke a joint and send a bunch of emails. That would be looked upon so like so terribly, right? But it, 
on many of my calls people were like oh you know i'm gonna crack open a bottle of wine and then maybe send some emails later it's like well, that doesn't even sound fun but anyway uh, um so so we'll go, go back to the story here right for julian right this lawyer who had a heart attack <clears throat> excuse me so the, the work gets so fast and furious and julian keeps getting bigger and better cases right um he admitted he could barely sleep for a few a few hours without feeling guilty about not working now the interesting thing about that is like no at no point in time in your corporate career are you going to be done with your work right there's always going to be more and the cool part of it is if you finish all your work on time you do a great job you get rewarded with more right so julian here is being consumed by this image by the lifestyle that um being part of a big firm or being a, a successful lawyer brings and like i said um my my boss would tell me that she would wake up in the middle of the night my previous boss just thinking about something work related right and she would she would often like ask me to log on after hours and things like that and that's kind of where i draw the line you know I, i'm definitely not doing that um so um in general i think there's something wrong about that right but i also i also initially thought it was something that just came with an upper management role right you just have to do that now right you just got to be up all the time always be um reachable things like that but i realized you can just set some boundaries um in that in that manner um and do good work so anyway <clears throat> julian has everything he needs right nice car he's got a seven-figure salary private home on an island but you can tell there's still a gaping hole in his life that's not enough for him and this is a common theme about chasing money or stature right it's it's often never enough right it's it's tougher to relax right it's tougher to not busy yourself with the next social strata or the next income level i'm not saying those aren't good things but are you at peace you know those types of things i believe are tougher than getting money if i'm being honest so in any way uh any case uh, the the narrator um uh john he gets close enough to julian as his mentee to see um how the job was affecting julian's life right so julian's marriage had failed julian no longer spoke with his father um and um you know what i'll say is um I i'm just making connecting the dots here right from from my observation so what i see is oftentimes right when you're a leader in a large firm right you you generally don't roll your sleeves up anymore and do anything it's a lot of delegation it's a lot of strategy which is not a, it is very commendable right you have to do a lot of the nitty-gritty to get there but what i think that does is make it hard to be relatable in real life right or when someone can be like domineering in real life real life they might disengage right so for example you know i know a lot of people who are you know very important at work right but when they get into a social setting well th where that is all taken off the table right we're not you're not the vice president anymore you're not this chief medical officer anymore. you're just people and when they can't just talk about like their you know things that inflate their ego they disengage right when we're not talking about work specifically they disengage because there's nothing else they do right and they feel like a little inadequate and they they're so used to hearing themselves talking and everyone just listening right that's just a thought of mine that's just a you know uh, an assumption based on what i've seen so you know, Julian, even though he had everything, he still hadn't found what he was looking for, right? You can tell there's something missing. Julian was in his 50s, but he looked like he was in his 70s. Um, he was overweight, um, always complaining about his health. Um, he had a wrinkled face. 
you know, you know, personally, I've worked with folks just like this, right? Vice presidents, uh, chief officers, who every time I see them, they look like they gained a few pounds, right? Um, because they're just not taking care of themselves. All they're doing is like just working. And it's, like I said, it could be easier to just justify, um, you know, not taking care of your health because you need to work, right? It's harder to say, no, I'm not going to work now. I'm going to go get my workout in after a long day, right? Julian lost his sense of humor. You know, he stopped laughing. And, you know, in some of my previous jobs, you know, I try to be this lighthearted, jovial guy, and I still am, but I was often met with resistance because I feel like there's a stigma where it's like if you're constant, if you're not stressed all the time, it means you're not working hard enough, which is not right. You know what I mean? Mental health is a real thing, and you don't, the, a state of stress is not okay all the time, right? It's okay to be stressed now and then, but I feel like it should be like 80-20. You should be more relaxed or more calm than you are stressed, right? So in any th- anyway, Julian's out here living like he's an immortal, and finally his heart attack stopped him right in his tracks. Now, a, a lot of times, for people who don't know better or don't reflect, it takes it takes these things, these monumental um, events like a heart attack or, you know, a blockage or whatever, whatever it might be for them to just reflect, right? My own father was, um, about 12, 13 years ago now, he had a quadruple bypass and he was eating like shit, like his whole life. Um, and finally, you know, it caught up to him. He didn't have a heart attack, but he had, he had a, a quadruple bypass and he's a changed man. He's, youthful he's he's 69 years old and he is spry moving around like he's 50 you know what i mean so he totally changed his lifestyle but it took something major like that to do it right probably for me too you know so in any case um the the next the next chapter here is called the mysterious visitor so one day right after julian's heart attack there there was a board meeting as to how they're going to proceed right a board member said that julian's not going to be returning to the firm anymore and julian has struck out to simplify his life he sold everything he had and he went off the grid now a man enters john's office right john is a narrator here he was julian's uh, mentee so this man enters um the office many years later right three four years later um and the, the guy's like this young guy he's youthful he's smiling he looks like he's in his 30s turns out it's actually julian right now the miraculous transformation of julian so as they begin to catch up after all this time julian says his heart attack was only one symptom of a deeper rooted issue the the constant pressure and the constant demand of his job crushed his spirit his youthfulness, his exuberance, and a job can do that to you, man. Um, you have to, you have to rein in your personality so much, or you have to hold your tongue, and you can't be yourself sometimes, and take verbal abuse. And after a long period, that will truly change a person. Um, after you know, 30 years, maybe 10, 15 years of taking that, you're going to be a blunted individual, right? Emotionally blunted. Um, excuse me. So Julian, Julian begins to tell John about his journey over the last three years or so. Um, Julian says, hey, look, you know, I traveled from village to village in India. What's up? Gaining perspective. Um, he would see that, you know, even people who had nothing would open their homes and their hearts to him. Now, this reminds me of an interesting story when I was, I went to Barcelona, right? Um, I, I went there and went there for, for, to, to play some soccer, right? And 
I we we stayed in like a village. You know, I was too young to really know the geography, and and did, I didn't care to be honest. I was just like, oh, I'm here. I didn't really even realize I was in a different country, right? I was like, oh, it looks like Chicago over here. I was an asshole. So, um, you know, we we stayed in this village though, and we stayed in like it was weird because we stayed in like these huts, you know. Um, made of straw and there was like dirt on the ground and it was just like I think it, it was part of the experience that our coaches had planned out for us right to humble us now these people had nothing right they had pretty much nothing to their name they but they would cook they would give us anything off their back right they would they were so hospitable and that is that is something I, that is the one thing I remember from that trip right and why why is that and it was because it was so authentic just so heartwarming but in any case so coming back to Julian, right? So Julian goes along on his journey. Um, he starts being creative again. He starts being curious again, right? And in life, per, so you know, personally, um, you 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 start to um, your curiosity starts to dwindle because you're afraid to be wrong. You're afraid to look stupid, and you know things like that. Especially in the workplace, you know, because you get reprimanded or you people are you're going to start you know thinking of you like you're dumb or something like that but you gotta be you can't be afraid to look stupid otherwise how are you gonna learn right and that's such a cheesy cliche quote but it's the one of the most truest things i've ever heard so in any case julian's like i got more energy i have more power i feel peaceful i feel happier right and again um i realized this early on in my corporate career right you go to work you go to the gym maybe if you're you know if you're about that life you come home, maybe you watch a little TV and you go to sleep. You do it all over again for years and years and years. Now, that's going to kill your curiosity, right? Because you're not going to want to do anything out of the norm. You're going to justify your life and things like that. But other than those things, right, what what makes you you? What makes you an individual, right? Um, everyone does the schedule that I just laid out, right? And not that you have to be individualistic, but it's fun to be, right? It's fun to like put put a stamp on your own personality, um, so moving forward, Julian talks about the people he met, and he talks about his teachers who were who were willing to teach um, all they had known over the years and lifetimes of contemplation. And you know, I hate to keep going on tangents here, man, but like this knowledge sharing thing to me is amazing. For example, if I had some knowledge that that I thought would be useful to someone else, I I maybe wouldn't go out of my way to tell that person unless I really cared about them, thought they needed to know it. But I would um, not withhold information, right? If, if, if I really care about someone, I really care about making the world a better place, I, and something has worked for me, I'm not going to withhold it. Like, I'm not going to hide anything um, because that's just not how you care for other individuals, right? And I'm being very idealistic right now, um, but I, I, I see this a lot at work where, you know, there's people who want to hoard things because they think that's their value to the firm or something like that. But, you know, I'm always willing to teach someone. And I, a lot of my mentors are people who are, are willing to teach me, you know, and I'm, I don't know everything. I, I'm willing to learn, though. So in any case, um, Julian said it was easy to let go of his past life of chasing stature and material possessions, right? He realized that if he wanted a brighter future, he's got to give up um, he's got to give up some of his 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 future promises, right? Oh, it's going to be good when I get this, or once I get this case, I'm going to stop, right? To live a brighter future, he has to give his best in the present. Now, all the books we've been going through, The Power of Now, um, uh, Four Agreements, The Alchemist, 
even even Roberto Bolaño's book, right? A lot of the books I'm reading are talking about the present, you know? Um, be here now. So in any case, Julian's life gets simpler once he lets go of his past, right? Um, dwelling, dwelling on your past or your future is a recipe for disaster, you know? Um, so Julian stops chasing life and he starts enjoying the little things that life has to offer, right? He, he learned to, um, to accept that everything happens for a reason, right? And, and you have to fail in order to grow. And that's, that's a key, key, um, lesson in life. And I feel like the earlier you learn it, the better, you know, don't be afraid to look stupid. Don't be afraid to learn. Um, I think, I think, Understanding that everything happens for a reason is is a great practice in tolerance, right? Letting the world do its thing, um, knowing that that you just live in this moment and you do your best in that moment, and the world will somehow work itself out, right? Way easier to say than put into action. I will say that, but um, it's 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 a fundamental principle, right? Just just know that hey. Like, I'm going to do my best and everything else is going to come together, right? It might not, but I, all I can do is my best. So um, Julian brings up this concept called Sivana, which means Oasis of Enlightenment. Now, in this location that he describes as Sivana, he was able to spend time um, with a group of monks who, who changed his perspective on life. You know, Julian said he thought about hiring a guide to maybe get him up this mountain, where the monks were. But again, he felt like it was a journey that he had to do by himself. Um, and sometimes you want to struggle. Sometimes you want to be on your own and, and nobody can become enlightened for you, right? Um, a lot of times when we face a tough obstacle, we seek a way out. We seek um, someone else to just take care of it for us. But me personally, I like the struggle, right? Because it's something I'm going to overcome, right? If it doesn't kill me, it's going to make me better. And that struggle, I'm going to learn about myself. I'm going to learn the potential I have. I'm going to dig deeper. So those type of things are contagious um, after a certain point, right? Um, now, to me, um, it's a symbol, right? To me, this is a symbol that like everybody has their own path to enlightenment. Um, everyone has to come to a realization on their own. I can't do it for somebody else and somebody else can't do it for me, Um it, that 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 mental cleansing is is going to happen when you go through that self reflection and you realize your pros, your opportunities for improvement, and things of that sort. So in any case, um, Julian says, you know, the mountain air was 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 fresh. It cleansed his soul. Um, and, and another symbol of how important and therapeutic it is to be out in nature, right? Um, all of my trips as of late have been nature oriented, you know, getting out in nature, being one with nature, um, understanding, you know, trying to understand your place in the world. You know, when I went to when I go to Seattle or Oregon or, you know, California, anywhere, you know, even around here in the Chicagoland area, there's a lot of nice trails um, that where you can get a little isolated. And if I'm being honest, I there's something about it. There's something euphoric about it. Um, you you start to reflect. You start to just. There, there was one time I was walking a, a week or two ago, and I I was walking and I, I did like you know eight or nine miles. It took me a few hours, but I I was almost in tears because I was just reflecting on you know how lucky I am to be alive. How lucky I am to have the things that I have. You know I don't live a fancy life. Um, I live a simple life. I try to at least, but. I'm, I'm, I'm happy, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reflective, I'm with nature right now. Um, you know, not, maybe not everyone has this opportunity that I have. So, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just reflecting and being grateful for things and trying not to be cynical in life, um, because I do have that tendency. Now, coming back to Julian, 
Julian is able to reflect on how he he would trade his health and his energy for for the diminishing rewards that a successful law practice brought him. Now, um, that is that is that is essence right there. That is truth. You know, um, I think the most valuable asset a person has is their health, right, um, and their their energy for life. Because once you lose those things, you know. I don't want to be insensitive, but it's like you might as, you might as well just just like you just like end it, right? Um, and you know, I, I struggle saying that because it's insensitive. But it's like, dude, what the fuck are you living for if if you if you have thrown away your health, right? I'm not saying a lot of people have afflictions; they have things that they can't control. But if you are choosing not to be healthy um, and your energy is reflected, so like, come on now, man! Like, shame on you, bro. Get your act together. Um, so in any case. Um, the last part of the podcast today um, is called A Magical Meeting with the Sages of Sivana. Now, finally, Julian reaches the top of this mountain and he sees this lush utopia greenery everywhere. And he meets this sage. Now, the sage like takes him around, shows him the area. And no one really spoke. Um, people respected silence and they performed their duties in silence. Now, that's another thing I have to learn, right? Um, a lot of the guys I hang out with are okay with silence, right? Um, I was, you know, whatever it was, the way I was brought up, what, what have you, I, I felt like I always needed noise, right? It always needed talking. If you're not talking, you know, you're mad at each other, what, what have you, you know what I'm saying? So um, I, 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 I'm working on just accepting silence, right? Don't, don't need, no, no need to fill empty space with just empty words right just wait um just listen you know uh take in the silence there's something there's something that you can hear in that silence there's something euphoric about the silence and just understand it right or try to understand it um you know there's a lot of times where i might be looking out i might be downtown looking out the skyline at night and um now i'm, I'm getting better with silence i'll just i'll just stop and i'll stare at the, at the skyline and think and just think let my mind wander i'm not trying to think about anything specifically but i'm just going to go ahead and let my mind do its thing and once you start it becomes addictive right um you know when i go for walks for about 30 minutes or so i can listen to music but then i gotta take it off um take off the headphones and just like be in nature right so what happens then is i start just thinking i don't i don't have a I don't have a clear path of what I'm thinking, but things come to me, um, and I start getting really, really emotional, you know? So again, um, respecting silence. So um, at, in Savannah, everyone seemed to be doing something productive, and everyone appeared to be happy. Um, he said he was served fresh fruits and vegetables, and an, another, another key symbol here that um, a clean diet is key to a clear mind, right? Um, so, you know, in, in any case, um, that, that's, that's more of a work in progress for everyone, right? Tightening up your diet, um, because I'll tell you, like, um, I went on vacation the past four days, I, you know, I was eating like shit, um, and I, I felt like shit, you know, I, but it was fun and the vacation was great, but I, I was also looking forward to coming back and just being clean again, because you eat clean, your mind's clean, your body's clean, you feel great, right? You feel like you can do anything. Um, so I'm looking at that. That's a kind of a high in itself, right? I'm chasing that feeling. Um, so in any case, this, this sage takes Julian to the room where he's going to be staying. Completely empty, um, except um, for his bed that had a journal pad and a pen on it. 
Now, I think here again, another great symbol of the power of journaling, the power of self-reflection. Now, I, I journal twice a week, right? I try to journal on Mondays at the start of the week, after the weekend, and at the end of the week on Friday. Um, so that th those are two good reflection points, right? I can reflect on the weekend and I can reflect on the work week. Um, a lot of times, I don't want to write, right? There's it, there's nothing coming to me. Like, what am I? What the fuck am I doing writing here? But I still write. I still put it down, um, and then I look back on it and I I I take something from it, right? They're not always going to be like bangers or insightful things. It's about the forming the habit, right? Forming the habit of of talking about yourself, right? And I know that sounds vain, um, but but let me give you an example, right? So I have a few friends that are of the of the Christian faith, right? And um, you know what I'll find is is that, and and it's not just with Christians, with a lot anyone in that religious realm. I'm just talking about a Christian interaction myself. So you know a lot of times we go on trips and things like that. We start to talk more openly about things we don't necessarily talk about when we're here, just in a, a standard social function, right? So. This one person tells me, um, they go, you know, I was talking to, you know, the, the priest during confession about this, this, and this, um, and, you know, how I want to live my life. And, and then uh, they tell me the, the response, right? They tell me the response. Now, obviously, the, the priest is going to bring it back to religion and how maybe you should pray or, you know, whatever, what have you, right? And that's cool. Good, right? All good. But, you know, when you when you when you when you get used to just reflecting in that scenario, you're going to get one type of outcome, right? You're just going to get that religious resolution. But what if you talked about it more often with me, right? With with your friends, with your family, and you were just unapologetic about it. Hey, man, this is what I'm feeling, dude. Um, and I'm just like, I'm going to articulate it. I'm going to explore it. Um, so that's just some food for thought. I was thinking, right? Like you know, I'm okay, and I'm getting better at just expressing how I feel and reflecting on myself. That way, I improve as a person constantly. Um, but, you know, I don't know if that resonates with everybody, so I'm just going to leave it at that. That's all I have for today, guys. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Feel free to leave me any feedback, and remember, only positivity. Thanks, guys.